Hello and welcome to Re-Energize. This is a place to discover more about emerging technology in offshore renewables and how we meet our future energy needs. So my name is Paul McKeever. I'm the head of electrical research at Ori Catapult, and we are the UK's leading research and innovation centre for offshore renewables. So what we do is we connect agile technology developers, academics and industry players working to accelerate the UK's wind, wave and tidal energy sectors. So as we continue the rapid growth within the offshore wind industry, we have seen significant cost reductions and huge inroads have been made in the number of wind farms up and down our coasts. So with costs already significantly reduced, industry interests and ambitions have now shifted focus towards looking at control systems or more intelligent control systems to optimize wind farm performance. And this is where one of the projects I'm working on comes in. And that project is called Total Control, which is a 4.3 million pounds Horizon 2020 project. And the project's aimed at maximizing the power output and extending the lifetime of wind turbines and wind farms using smart controllers. So the project seeks to better develop an understanding of how controlling a turbine and the wakes that the turbine produces can impact on power output and also combine individual optimal control of the turbines from an entire wind farm perspective, whilst also considering grid operator demands. So without further ado, let's meet today's guests. Hello, so I'm Irvin Bosani. I'm working for Consultants DNP. I'm based in Bristol. I'm a researcher working on wind farm control. I've been with the company for many years and I've been working on wind power for over 40 years. I've worked on many different aspects of wind power, including uh, modeling and control of wind turbines. And in the last few years, modeling and control of wind farms. So that's basically who I am. I'm John Wobo. I'm a senior research engineer at the Offshore Renewable Energy Catapult. So my area of expertise has to do with understanding electrical infrastructure of offshore wind turbines and offshore wind farms. And also related to that is of wind farm control and understanding how this relates not only to the electrical infrastructure offshore, but also to the wider energy systems as well. So that covers areas such as grid compliance and such as other things you can do around reactive power support as well. My interest mostly is in the modeling aspects of the electrical infrastructure. Uh, the power systems, understanding how the futures of wind turbines and wind farms should look like in the future. Okay, so before we get into the detailed discussions, we're going to do the 60-second challenge. So what I mean by that is I'm going to ask you both to tell us in, in around 60 seconds what a particular term means in the area of wind turbine, wind farm control. So starting with you, Irvin, could you explain what we mean by turbine wake? Yes, sure. So a wind turbine is a device that extracts energy from the wind. In extracting energy, the wind flow is slowed down. So behind the turbine is an area where the wind speed is lower. And also because of the rotating blades, the turbulence in the wind is higher. This area is called the turbine wake and um, it develops downstream of the turbine. And if you're in a wind farm, it will hit subsequent turbines in the wind farm and cause them to produce lower 
power output and maybe to suffer higher loading because of the turbulence in the wake. So uh, wakes are very important for understanding the performance of wind farms. Okay, thanks, Evan. I'm just thinking there's probably a similar interest in Formula One as well with wakes when you're thinking about overtaking the car in front. John, I'm, I'm going to give you the term turbine loads. Can you try and explain that for our listeners in 60 seconds? This is just an interesting one. So, so as you can tell, wind turbine has different components such as the rotor and the nacelles as well. These are also electrically focused or mechanically focused as well. In terms of mechanical engineering and, and forces, there are different sort of forces that you know are on the wind turbines as well. And this could act on different sides and components in that as well. So the loads are, my understanding, are just a description of the forces and the moments acting on, like, for example, the rotor blade as well. And these are used as a guide for manufacturers to design the wind turbines to work in their most effective way they could. And also to, just like Erin has mentioned, like things like wakes as well. So and turbulent, when these are occurring on this, on the wind turbines, um, how do we ensure that these sort of keep within the design envelopes of which the wind turbine should be at as well? So that's a description of my understanding of what loads are. Thanks, John. So obviously you're not going to eliminate turbine loads, but as you were saying, we want to try and minimize them and certainly keep them within the design envelopes. The other term I was going to mention on the podcast today was turbine misalignment, which is often talked about in wind farm control. And one of the things that we're working on together as a group is your misalignment, where we deliberately misalign the orientation of the turbine with the incoming wind. And one of the reasons why that is done is because we want to try and steer the wake of that turbine, which is what Irvin described earlier, away from other wind turbines that are in the wind farm in the rows of the array behind the turbine that you're controlling. So the idea is, can we try and misalign the turbine to essentially, it may affect the power of that particular turbine that can be extracted, but it improves the conditions for the other turbines in the wind farm and and an overall wind farm output increase is potentially achieved. That's what we tend to talk about when, when we're thinking about turbine misalignment. Now I'm going to move on to just understanding the the basics of wind farm control. Irvin, if I can turn to you, can you give me a short summary of what you would describe wind farm control to actually be? Wind farm control is quite a broad term. It has different aspects. So on the one hand, it can be about controlling the output of the wind farm in a way that suits the, the grid that it's feeding into which could be controlling the voltage and the the currents and so on that feed from the wind farm into the grid. At the other end is the what we call wind farm flow control, which is where you try and control the wakes of the turbines that I mentioned earlier. So as Paul said, you can try and deflect the wakes by yawing turbines. You can also try and weaken the wakes by controlling the individual turbines in a different way and that's known as wind farm flow control. It covers everything from the complex fluid dynamics of the flows through the wind farm right through the turbine control to the um, high-speed electrical control of the interaction with the grid. On that basis, Evan, so we've already got the ability to do these things why is that current control capability no longer fit for purpose? Or in another sense, why should we be trying to improve it? 
my own research is in the area of the wind farm flow control. And the um, purpose of that is to try and minimize the wake losses in the wind farm by adjusting the wake flows behind the different turbines. You can attempt to improve the overall power output of the wind farm. And you're also changing the wind speeds and turbulence seen by downstream turbines in the wind farm. So you can affect the loading on those turbines and you can thereby attempt to increase the lifetime of the wind farm by minimizing loading that the turbines would otherwise see. And this is something that's really quite difficult to do. So although the principles have been known for a very long time, it's only now that it's starting to be used on commercial wind farms. Erwin, it all sounds, in a sense, too good to be true because we're trying to minimize loads and improve performance and extend lifetime of turbines. Are there any potential drawbacks to what we're doing or or any trade-offs to the things that we're looking at here? There are plenty of trade-offs. In general terms, what we're trying to do is improve the power output of a wind farm by a, a small amount, but that's worth a lot of money to the operators and extend lifetime, which is always a good thing. There isn't really a downside from that point of view. The difficulty is that it's difficult to do. And if you don't do it correctly, you might actually have the opposite effect. You might even lose some power. So um, you have to do it right. And that's really the reason why it hasn't been done so far. There's no great problem with doing it. It depends on the method of wind farm control. If you use your misalignment, as Paul was suggesting earlier on, some of the loads on the turbines can actually increase while others decrease. And it's a rather complicated assessment of what happens to the turbine lifetime and also maintenance costs and so on. But, uh, there's always some benefit that can be gained if, if you get it right. It sounds to me, Evan, that we're reasonably confident we can make some positive gains, but it's all about proving it and demonstrating it and, and getting that confidence in the wind farm developers and the, the wind turbine OEMs as well. That's absolutely right. Yes. We have a number of models we use to design these sorts of controllers. Our confidence in these models is gradually increasing. And as we run tests in the field, we are gradually achieving some results, which are also giving us confidence that we can actually do what we're setting out to do and that it does actually work. So moving over to you, John, I mean, in terms of this whole idea about developing wind farm control methods to help improve that performance. And that's been explained just now by Irvin. How do you think that influences the wider electrical infrastructure, the the wider energy system that that you've been looking at? That's a really good question, Paul. Just following on what Irvin has said, there is the wind farm flow side of things, which has to do also with the wind flow. But what I call the grid control aspects or the power plant control aspects, that's really has to do with a couple of things. One is um, how does the wind farms um, comply to grid code requirements? So especially now we're starting to progress to sort of the newer 
strategies like wake steering. The existing wind farms are not really developed to do these things in the current states, but with the thoughts that this could be what the future of how we could sort of maximize energy out of the wind farms, then the question lies there in terms of how this complies to the existing grid code compliance requirements that could be in the UK or it could be any, any other energy country and an energy market sort of mechanism as well. The second thing I probably want to mention would be this also comes into considerations for what will cost of the electrical market services or ancillary services, the changes uh, which are happening rapidly in the market. So new services are coming in where wind farms could participate in, such as faster frequency response services as well. So we definitely do want wind power to play a big role in this market as well, especially as um based on renewable power sort of leading in terms of the global net zero sort of challenge of decarbonizing the energy system as well. So the questions there are how would this happen and what sort of adjustments you need to sort of make for wind farm control as well. So what I'm hearing from you, John, is this isn't just about improving the wind turbine and the wind farm control and the performance. It's also about giving the wider energy system users and operators additional services, if you like, to control that wider system. Yes, that's right. So as, as I said, it could be, for example, frequency response, of which the turbines will need to sort of learn to understand how they could adhere to such of the low frequency response and the high frequency response, which has to do with absorbing either active or power or uh, releasing active power into the network. Also reactive power support. So, I mean, the existence of... Um, wind farms, it's not optimized in terms of the operations. So there are a lot of reactive power losses as well with clever readings and optimization methods. You could reduce that. So that could be also a service you could provide additionally and also improve sort of the costs reduction as well. Basically by providing more power, you get more money out of that basically. Um, so yes, there are different sort of areas where that's play more role into that apart from just as you mentioned. And traditionally, of course, a number of these services have been provided by coal-fired power stations or gas-powered power stations. So as part of the move to wean ourselves off those kind of energy sources, then potentially wind farms can replace some of that. Yes, definitely. That's the idea. But that also comes with its challenges in terms of, um, for example, inertia in the network and how wind farms could sort of provide some of this inertia that's required as well. But yes, definitely. Thanks, John. At this moment in time, I wanted to move on to the project that we've been all been working on together, which is the Total Control Project. So just for the listeners, that's a, a European-based project. It's funded by Horizon 2020. The project's been running for four years or a little bit more than four years now. Apart from the ORE Catapult and DMVGL, we're also working with uh, DTU, Sintef, KU Leuven, Siemens Gamesa, Vattenfall and Equinor. So there's, there's eight of us in the project in total. Irvin, in terms of the project itself, what do you believe the purpose of the project is and what, what kind of impact are we looking for from, from this project? I think um, actually many different things. So part of it is developing wind farm control methods, so flow control, and also developing the computer models that are behind that and validating them, and also 
integrating that into the overall wind farm control, including the interaction with the grid and coming up with overall control strategies and understanding them and understanding the methods that we need and the computer programs that we can use to design all these things. There's also an experimental side to the project. We've been running experiments on one large single turbine and also on a wind farm of 40 odd turbines offshore. And we've designed and been running a whole series of experiments to help to validate the models that we use for wind farm control and to demonstrate that some of the control actions that we need to take are having the desired effect on the wind turbine and on the wind farm. Yes, a lot of computer modeling and field validation, field experimentation to validate methods and models. In terms of the experimental campaigns, you mentioned two different elements or two different sites. So what we're talking about there is seven megawatt Levermouth wind turbine on the east coast of Scotland, which is operated by Ori Catapult. And we've also been looking at the Lilligren wind farm off the coast of Denmark. The other thing you mentioned is the, the combination of computer simulations and also experimental or demonstration, if you like. Can you explain to the listeners why it's so important to back the simulations up with demonstration? The simulations, the computer models, are trying to model what's effectively a, a very complex system with very complex atmospheric flows interacting with the turbines generating wakes which are also interacting with the flow and with other turbines on the wind farm so as a flow control problem that's extremely complex and we can write models but no model is going to capture all the detail of that so we really need to know that the way that we're modeling this is actually good enough is capturing enough of the physical truth of what's happening and accurately enough so that we can use it to design wind farm control schemes indeed and also that will give confidence to the end users of course be it turbine oem owner operators of wind farms from your perspective john if you think about the wider interface with the energy system some of the, the services have you seen any breakthroughs in the project or any promising outcomes in, in that area from your perspective probably a couple of things one is this probably clarification as well in what sort of services we think wind farms could participate in that's part of the work done done by other partners in the project as well in terms of basically trying to understand better what services basically could be best for wind farms to participate in um, the second thing I probably want to mention is trying to bridge tool sets. So just like everyone has talked about a lot of learnings in the wind flow side of things as well. All those work on different sort of modeling tools and software programs as well. And also a lot of learnings that can be gotten from the electrical side of things as well. So part of the things we've been doing in the project is to sort of bridge that gap of low and high fidelity models as well. And uh, trying to understand how to actually understand not just wind flow dynamics, but also the electrical cell power system dynamics as well. That includes things like bringing in weak steering into sort of high fidelity PS card models as well, understanding the dynamics from reactive power and grid faults, and understanding as well in situations where you have like a severe sort of frequency response and you need to sort of respond to that. What happens in terms of your electrical sort of side of things as well? There are definitely some things around that. 
what I'm taking from that is that being able to to play out these scenarios is really useful for the wider energy system stakeholders so that they can almost like forecast or or preempt what might happen if, if we take certain actions or, or decisions. Yes, that's right. So there, there's the part of this, this services whole have market mechanisms where you have sort of strict technical requirements you need to respond to, for example, how fast you need to respond to a frequency deviation and all as well. And all comes with sort of um, payment mechanisms and, you know, being fine for you if you're necessary to cannot meet the requirements by the system operator as well. So all that as well that needs to be considered in terms of um, how wind farms will operate in terms of the wider energy system as well. Looking ahead, John, beyond the total control projects, do you think there's room or there's a need for a follow-on project? And what sort of thing would you like to do in, in that, that follow-on project? That's an interesting one because um, the sort of energy system is changing very rapidly. And one thing that really comes to my mind now is, is the new emergence of hydrogen-based systems in the energy system as well. And green hydrogen is a huge topic where the offshore wind turbines or offshore wind farms could potentially be generating hydrogen directly offshore. So if, if you think about that, that has a lot to do with changing the philosophies around the wind farm control as well to sort of not now respond to electrical sort of signals, but to respond to gas signals such as pressures and flow rates and things like that as well. And that, that's sort of a very new area for wind farm control as well. So definitely um, the learnings as well, for example, in how we could maximize production would basically relate to maximizing hydrogen production, which we maybe in the future markets based on the cost could mean that you're actually getting more out of what you would by deploying more optimized schemes as well. So that's one area I see that is probably in the emerging side of things. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure a lot of people will be thinking and cracking their heads around what this will look like in the future as well. Yeah, when we started this project over four years ago, certainly hydrogen was not really significant in the offshore renewable agenda, but it, it certainly is now. What I'm hearing is this this is a potential way how wind farm control is important to help us incorporate hydrogen and, and essentially achieve net zero. Exactly. The good thing is that we're not sort of in the early stages of, of the journey of understanding wind farm control. We've been doing this for decades. So there's a lot of understanding that can actually bridge that gap quicker than it would have taken if maybe we started from the scratch as well. So definitely a lot of learnings from this total control project as well. In terms of trying to push up the TRO levels would make it easier to accomplish that maybe in a full-on project. And in, in terms of some of the control tools that you've been developing in the project, do you see those being adopted as standard for new wind farms? Yes, most of them could probably be. In my case, I've been working on sort of trying to um, validate the newer strategies that wake steering and all understanding um, how this might comply to grid codes and things like that as well. So definitely um, having a standardized set of tools, which is agreed by maybe the global community would sort of help and the sort of tool sets sort of what I'll be working on, which is using PSCAD, is very good for high fidelity electrical side of simulations to capture very severe faults and events on the grid network side of things as well. So that could also be on the offshore electrical infrastructure network and also could be on the wider energy system network as well. And you can see a situation where you could sort of start to incorporate some other 
sort of um, low fidelity models or high fidelity models for you know ancillary services or hydrogen systems into that to see capture the sort of the whole view scenario of how everything works together as well. Yes, definitely. Um, I think part of the project on Dell countries is, is developing a number of two suits and products which can definitely add to that knowledge. Irvin, from the computer simulations, the tools that you've been developing, would, would you see a similar outcome? You know, these tools being adopted as standard either in the, the short term or longer term future? Yes, definitely. So the tools that have been developed are being used more and more in commercial projects for real wind farms. The outcomes of this project are definitely feeding directly into the industry and will be helping us to improve what we get out of wind energy. And uh, similar to, to what I asked John earlier, if we were to assume there's, there's a follow-on project to total control, what would you like to see in that follow-on project? The great need at the moment is for field tests. Um, field tests are complex and expensive and involve commercial players who have wind farms who are trying to make money out of them and organizing big experiments like that is very complicated and costly but that is where the need is there are a lot of modeling refinements and new algorithms for controlling wind farms for example which are constantly being developed um, especially in the academic community so there's a lot of scope in that area too for improving the way in which we control wind farms. We're doing it in what's essentially quite a simple way at the moment, and there is more to be gained by applying clever techniques to try and improve the way in which we do it. So there are those two strands, really. There's what I call the academic strand of improving or developing improved methods for doing wind farm control, and there's the field testing strand which is essential for gaining confidence in the whole thing hopefully for the listeners we've helped to describe wind farm and wind turbine control in a little bit more detail and what particularly struck me was it's not just about improving turbines and wind farms in terms of performance and efficiency reducing load and fatigue and hopefully extending lifetime, it also has much wider implications on the grid integration, the energy system integration, and as John mentioned, the potential for controlling new vectors such as hydrogen. So John and Irvin, thank you very much for taking part in today's episode. And it's now time to de-energize until next month. So in the meantime, listeners can find more about ORE Catapult activities at ore.catapult.org.uk. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at ORE Catapult.